Welcome to the Arrive and Thrive podcast. We are your hosts, Tyson Day and Daniel Lenardi. Our podcast is designed to give you fresh perspectives and educational insights to make sure you thrive in every moment. Regularly, we are joined by thought leaders, life learners, and generally amazing humans who bring an approach just like us, casual, relaxed, and curious. Camilla Clark is back and provides us with a graduate employability update, along with her valuable insights on developing a reputation from her own experience of arriving in Melbourne just over a year ago, and developing the Give a Grad a Go brand in a new city and country. Again, she brings positive insights and knowledge for any individual, especially graduates who are currently trying to land a role. We hope you enjoy the episode. Arrive and Thrive would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we recorded this podcast and pay our respects to their elders, leaders past, present and emerging. Ready, three, two, one. Listeners, you've heard her before and we just couldn't, we, we couldn't, I'm going to start again. Resist. Resist. <laughs> Listeners, you've heard her before. We couldn't resist getting her back on the show again. It's Camilla Clark from Give a Grad a Go. Camilla, Dan, how are you on this beautiful afternoon on a Wednesday evening in Melbourne? Hot. Hot, yeah, it is warm, isn't it? It's warm. Hi. <laughs> I'm so excited to be back with you guys. I've been, this is, um, I've been very, yeah. Waiting for this all year. Have you? <laughs> you know, you know your episodes our most listened to episode on the uh, on podcast. So it's actually it's super cool. There's been um, some really amazing conversations with people that I've had off the back of that, like um, students and grads who've reached out to me and just shared kind of what resonated with them a lot and other kind of people in the education system. So I appreciate it. Thanks. It was oh, awesome. That's awesome. I yeah. love it. When, when was it that we recorded that podcast? Was it around maybe July, August last year? Everything. I have no idea what happened when last year. So <laughs> I have no differentiating. Yeah. Time timeline. Cause I remember you said you arrived in Australia from London in March and then COVID hit. And then I'm pretty sure we recorded maybe four months after, after yeah. that. Yeah. I actually had my one year anniversary last week that I got here. Oh, beautiful. Congratulations. Thanks. I made it. Yeah. And hey, that's actually a good segue. Like how are you, how are you, do you feel fully settled in Melbourne now? And yeah, I mean, I was lucky that I moved in with my sister. So I felt immediately at home and I've thought about it a lot. And I think it's interesting with the whole 5k restriction, I really got to know the area. Mm. <laughs> so it really did immediately start to feel a lot like home. Um, and obviously now I'm just like eternally grateful that I'm here. Sorry to, if anyone from the UK listens to this, I'm yeah, very grateful to be here. It's a bit of a mess. So. <laughs> Cause um. This is actually perfect that we're talking about this because Dan and I, before a guest comes on, we always have like a little quick phone call and a little bit powwow and, you know, razz each other up a little bit for the, the show. And we, because we, we were both fascinated at the fact that you, you came to, to Melbourne to essentially launch a brand yeah. um, pretty much solo, obviously with the support of, of the, the um, HQ back in the UK. But what have you learned over that period of, of a year of, developing your reputation and and developing the brand because i think you know camilla when i first met you and i know when dan first met you on the podcast like 
you have this knack of creating rapport really quickly and yeah. How, like, can you give our listeners some tips and stuff around what you did over the last yeah. year to really develop your reputation and brand? Thanks for the kind words. Um, <laughs> I think for me, like a lot of what I did to build our brand up was it, I was given free reign pretty much. Like I was really lucky that I had, the insight into how we built our brand up in the UK. And I had a really awesome marketing team behind me to, you know, boost content that was relevant. But in terms of like my personal brand, I really, I kind of just went, oh, just do it. Like things I was really uncomfortable with, like I'm sure I probably mentioned this before, my, like I, I started doing videos, especially as we got into lockdown, um, especially which I thought was important from a recruitment perspective to get to know the person and and not being able to meet people face to face so i just tried to just be authentic and be me and just i think for me last year was a lot a huge learning experience like i knew i needed to learn things very quickly even though i was doing the same job it's Totally, I learned so much, like totally different environment, different people. Like it's just, there's so, I, I, I actually underestimated how much I was going to have to learn. And so I just grabbed every opportunity I could to just speak to people. Like every conversation is important. And I made loads of mistakes. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Like I had conversations, I had meetings with people where I walked away and went, I really messed that up or why didn't I, you know, ask this and that was just, and it got me down. And then I just went, that was a learning experience. So I guess advice wise, go for every opportunity. Um, and, but if you do have a meeting with someone, make sure you have your why before you go in. So, you know, and have questions ready. I, I remember really early on having this call that I was, I don't know. I just, my head wasn't in the game. And I didn't do the right prep and I just fluffed it and it still haunts me. But I'm like, just keep going, doing what you're doing and just make sure that it's something that you will, if you're proud of what you've said at the time, then you can't go wrong really, I think. Yeah. That's such good advice. I love that. How did you find it as well, Camilla, like coming to a new country and obviously your network was probably small but it seems to me like you've networked really quickly in the past 12 months. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I, I actually reflected on that at the end of the year, you don't realize it's happening until you look back and, and like when I reached out to you guys and just said like, thank you so much for the support. And I was thinking of people that I wanted to reach out and just say that. Um, and I have to say in Melbourne, it's, and I got told this as soon as I got here by, you know, the friends I had here that it's so, it's, it's such a tight knit community. So, you know, like we spoke about before, I think that if in the industry, you just know, even like the wider industry, you just, everyone seems to know everyone. So it, it can be pretty organic if you, you spark up quite an interesting conversation with someone. And I've done it with people as well, where I've been like, oh, you should chat to this person or you should you know, reach out. Um, I did join a couple networking um, organizations. Um, so uh, I joined, there was one locally, which was the first and only one I did face to face, 
where I had to go and I wasn't prepared and they were like, you've got to pitch 45 seconds. I was like, ah! <laughs> I'm like sweating, but I've, I'm, I'm actually found, uh, I had a business like coach out of that, which was really cool. And that built up confidence. I think a lot of it was confidence as well. I know, especially with grads and students, like that is that, that confidence with networking is so scary. Um, I went to one networking event where, um, they had this amazing food platter and I didn't know anyone. And I just um, walked in and, and got some sushi because they had sushi, which was amazing. And I just went up to this woman and I was like, she had sushi and I was like, oh, I like, I like sushi too. And she was <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. But we sparked up a really nice conversation. And she was like, I think it is that it's awkward for everyone, isn't it? Yeah. I love that because um, I was just listening to um, a Tim Ferriss podcast on the way home today. And some of the advice from this, this particular episode was just literally just embrace your own weird yeah. eccentric behaviors and just get run with it. And I love that. How you're like, sushi is good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I feel like that's something I would say, or like I would be, knowing me, I get so hungry. I would have had like food in like both hands or have been like, Oh, can't really, how about we uh, how about we headbutt to say hello? And they're like, <laughs> yeah. who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah, there's amazing communities here. Like, I'm also joined um, One Roof. You know them? It's like a female-led, um, like, entrepreneur group, and it went virtual. So cool. that was that was like a bit of a lifeline um, as as having like a support network of other people trying to start out their brands, even though I wasn't coming from that typical one man band, I had support. It was also mm. great to just have that kind of community. And we have like a virtual coffee once a week. So yeah, yeah I think it was just connection. And um, that was really important from last year. I think, um, th sorry, Daniel, last thing before I'll let you go, bro. I'm kind of hogging the, <laughs> I think it's a really good point you raised Camilla around just taking that step out of your comfort zone. Cause I think a lot of people are terrified of networking, are terrified of like getting to know people, but it's yeah. like, once you just take that leap yourself to go, Hey, like, how are you going? Or what are you working on? Like it just allows the conversation to organically flow. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like even recent, like it's always scary. Like I've just moved into a co-working space. It's just me. I, I've been working at home the whole year. I felt like it was my first day of school, genuinely. And I was yeah. like, what do I wear? I cycled in, I'm really sweaty. What am I going to do? And like, um, I sat down and I was like, oh God. And then this guy sits down and he literally said, so what are you working on? And I was so taken aback. I didn't, I was like, oh, and, and he was just like, so immediately, um, I thought it was quite funny, like just so immediately out there and loud and I think even if that's not naturally you sometimes just having those those liners like ready and and even it's just always just say hello as well I think I don't know if you've ever had those moments when you're if you can be like in the kitchen at work or something people you don't know and you don't acknowledge them especially with masks I've, I've kind of regretted I've been like, oh, maybe they don't want to say hi or anything. And then we have sparked up a conversation. I'm like, oh, I should have just gone for it. 
Like when you don't know if you're meant to hug someone immediately, you should just hug them. You just go for it. Go for the kiss yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not in a COVID. COVID yeah. yeah. Right. Just go for the air kisses. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's important, I think, to be more yourself than it is to be something you're not because then it's just inauthentic yeah. and that stands out to everyone. Yeah. So that yeah, guy who's loud point. and out there, that's, you probably just understand, oh, that's who he is. At least he's being himself. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So true. Um, yeah, it's always a learning experience. You're the never, old networking. Yeah, the old networking. You make some mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Camilla, I've been wanting to ask you, what, um, what trends did you see during COVID with the job market and what trends are you seeing now for graduates coming out of their degrees? Yeah, I think that, I guess thinking about the trends like moving forward, probably interesting in terms of like already there's been like government initiatives coming out to support emerging industries that they're seeing growing and wanting students to be equipped to be able to enjoy that growth and help fuel the economy. So like, for example, one of the biggest trends coming this year is cybersecurity. And there is a government initiative, I don't know, that's uh, a new grant that's come out where they want to find ways to increase the flow of diverse professionals and, and kind of just increase people getting into that environment so there'll be programs to support that so i think um as, and also like renewables as well like that's a big trend for this year in terms of like different types of roles that are really um popular definitely like engineering of course and having like a diverse set of skills so i think what we saw last year sorry if i'm rambling as well <laughs> like flowing a trend from last year that I think we all saw, I think, is the idea, well, the, the, the passion for people to, people have more time. And so there was more time to develop skills. And so loads of people were doing, finding different ways to do courses. There was lots of subsidized courses, whether it was through like Coursera or General Assembly or whatever. And so that has indirectly actually led to a lot of people who've shifted careers and don't have as as many skills as you'd have if you'd studied say you studied computer science and you were going to go into an engineering role there's actually what i've already seen and i've had people interviewing already this year lots of people who come from um dentistry actually as someone who i'm working with at the moment who's done a general assembly course in tech stack has heaps of enthusiasm and the company are like, yeah, let's give them a chance. Like they clearly have that tech aptitude, but also they clearly have that drive. Mm. Um, so I think it, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is the skills that businesses are tending to look for is more about you as a person and that which is shown like drive, your communication skills, um, willingness to actually learn things quickly, that in hand is making you more um, appealing to to hiring managers in businesses. That's awesome. 
Yeah, yeah it, definitely, like- it definitely makes sense. And it's kind of like there's the element of the students or the graduates have chosen a different path from doing a short course yeah, or doing a, something different during COVID. Yeah. And now they're looking for a completely different degree or a diff, completely different career path. But then at the same time, it's coinciding with employers now looking for diversity among yeah. who they hire. So they don't have all these people that have all done the same degree. They've all got the same skills. They're looking for the odd person that's got a different background that maybe can bring new ideas or a different approach yeah. to problem solving or initiative. Exactly. And especially you've got industries that like travel. I'm working with a travel tech company who are completely disrupting the industry because if you look at it, unfortunately, you know, travel's in, in trouble, but what it needs to survive is disruption and fresh ideas. And so this business I'm working with, I placed an awesome grad last year with them and they're hiring for two more now in development. And they are on purpose looking for junior talent because they want that fresh, um, they want that kind of enthusiasm and those new ideas. And that, that attitude is what is most important with the businesses that I've been speaking with who are generally in that sort of startup, innovative kind of industry space. Yeah. Can you say what organization that is? Um, that one, yeah, it's a company called um, Chip Proof. So they are, um, it's really cool. They're, they're actually awesome for universities. They base their essential management system to um, organize all the travel that's happening. So usually you'd get like travel agents to do it, but they will effectively organize the whole, the whole thing from one system. So oh, like cool. students, staff, international students, domestic students. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool. That's um, the part that sticks out to me on what you just said too, Camilla, is like, I think everyone's always fearful of gaps on their resume. So going like, oh, you know, COVID was a bad year for, for a lot of different industries. Perhaps that people lost their job or perhaps they were repositioned and then, um, yeah, have, have also been dealt with significant organisational change. From a recruiter's perspective, like what does it demonstrate to you when like you see someone who's been like, hey, you know, I was thinking or really keen on this particular industry, but I've actually gone and done a course through general assembly or I've done a whole bunch of learning modules on, um, you know, teachable or, or another online course platform. Like what, what does that kind of say to you um, when you're looking at positions? Yeah. For me, if someone's changing, obviously a lot of the, yeah, a lot of the positions I work with are still early on in, in your career and it's more if someone has jumped around a lot that tends to be more concerning for employers. If you're changing direction in terms of industry, it's great to, to, you know, try out different things so early on in your career. So it's never, that's never a alarm bell. Um, I think that curiosity is really like sought after from, from businesses and also, um, yeah, that enthusiasm, willingness to learn again. How many times can I say willingness to learn? Um, <laughs> the nice thing actually you mentioned, I'm glad you mentioned about the gaps in, in the CV because I think sometimes that can be a real sticking point and it's really frustrating because people can have such valid reasons or just be really unlucky and be amazing. Um, that people have had huge, like big gaps last year and there's, there's nothing you can do about it, but it's, 
it's the attitude when I talk to them that I understand they were plugging away. And it also just shows resilience as well, which again is a huge, amazing skill that loads of students have acquired from last year from just either finishing, finishing their degree virtually or trying to find a job virtually doing video interviews, the whole thing. Like I spoke to such positive people who have been turned down and rejected over and over again. And I, I've never been turned down personally from that many jobs. I wouldn't know how it feels. Not that I get everything, but do you know what I mean? Just, it's just, it's not, it's not crazy to, Mm. to get to now have that much rejection. And Mm. yeah, I think I've had such amazing chats with people who, who are still so positive and that's a really important thing. That's a huge quality. I think. What have you learned from talking to those people in your conversations around how they've dealt with it? I've learned to be more positive myself. You know, we're all in the same struggle. Like when I was having days last year when I was like, Oh God, you know, this isn't the, the kind of what I expected or having a really tough day. And then I'd speak to someone who would be like, yeah, but I've learned this though. And I went to this amazing talk and I'm like, wow, you are, you are killing it. I love it. Um, and like, I actually was, um, someone in particular, like I was mentoring, um, a girl Shreya, um, I mentioned last year that I was doing that with the university of Melbourne and she studied her, she came over in January, was studying her master's here. So she only had a few months and then went into lockdown. She's from India, separated from her family, you know, and, wasn't able to really live a normal life. And she was always so positive and just kept going, kept going. And she got herself an internship and she's actually now finally heading back to India because you can study online. But she was someone in particular who really impacted Mm. my kind of awareness of just what everyone's going through. So, Mm. yeah. Have you noticed a similar thing, man, with the students that you're working with? Yes and no, I think. Like, yeah, I think okay. it's a it's a bit of a mixture. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit of a mixture. But but in the uni sector, a lot of students are graduating sort of at the end of the la- at the end of November. So mm. we'll probably start to see a bit more of it now and into March. Yeah. Mm. But I wanted to ask you one more question, Camilla. When you said employers are looking for curiosity, I haven't heard that one before. Like, can you just give us like what do they actually say? Do they like look? We want someone that's curious because. Yeah, I think curious just goes hand, like it's just asking the questions. Like with every single company I think I've ever hired for, I think I've ever hired for, they always, always in the interview want people to ask questions, always. That is what, like our prep always includes that, always make sure people are thinking about it. And that curiosity of not just like, the company and the role, but like the wider, the bigger picture, like what's going on. And, and again, so for example, um, with, with, I guess the trip approvers as well, the guy I placed, like she brought loads of ideas and was curious and like wanted to really understand what the why was and, and how that all fits together. So yeah. I yeah. hope that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It definitely <laughs> does. And do you think that's a reflection of um, organisations going more on purpose, impact and why now? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Actually, from um, from the roundtable I went to yesterday with different employers from the big some big corporations, they made the point that it's it's more about your values and your alignment with the business actually rather than you know all all just on your grades. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's important to show hard work, but it's it's really they want to see people who can see this as like a long term, you know, they really, the more you are aligned with the business, the more investment you're going to have with it. You don't just see it as, Oh, I can build my skills there and move on. So yeah, Mm. I think that's really, really important. Yeah. My opinion, I think the, um, the link between work employers and people and, um, the values, I think that's going to be one of the biggest trends we see in careers over the next 10 years. Um, I went to a conference late last year and a practitioner over in Canada was talking about, um, you know, the G20 yeah. um, environmental issues that we've got and all the, the 20 biggest world issues we have. They're even developing like, like people looking at their career based on one of those 20 or two of those 20. So they're linking themselves to like a mission for the world essentially and then aligning to a, a company or an organization or a startup. Yeah, I I think that's really cool. And I think that's the way it's going. That's cool. In fact, like thinking about that, one of the questions that one of the the startups I worked with asked was, and this, the the roles in like development, it was, what do you think the biggest problems humanity is facing right now? And I was like, wow. (laughs) Right? Because they were so, there's definitely a real... So it's, a, it's a shift which is the particular is working with, but a real interest to, from an employer's point of view to get to know the person and how they think and operate. I think if I was a grad, I'd be like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm from now. Yeah. I think that's preemptive from employees because people jump around a lot more now and there's a lot more options. Yeah. And, you know, some of these bigger organisations or even any organisation, you put a lot of time and effort into an employee and then they're only going to stay a year i think you know it's almost the antidote to what's happening with the trend of having 27 different jobs and five different careers yeah you know career pathway kind of thing yeah Mm. true like speaking of um career paths and you know applications and everything camilla do you like is there is it a hot job market at the moment for grads like have you noticed that there is a lot of demand and a lot of um, for lack of a better term, but like vacancy that, that you're trying to fill? I think that definitely like what we saw last year, unfortunately was companies scaling back, either pausing or hiring or becoming a bit more of a lean machine within their businesses. Mm. And actually what that's done now is it, it gave businesses the time to reflect on what they need really Mm. and it's just been crazy i'd say you know across the board if you're just in the space you can only look at the the number of vacancies there are out there but also what's interesting is like there's a couple roles that we've worked on where they were looking for three years of experience and i had i said oh but they they'd contacted me we were we were you know hiring for the role um and I was like, well, you know, we're more junior. And they said, oh, no, no, up to three years. 
Um, and that can be during academic study as well. Yeah, right. So that's a really important thing, you know, for anyone who's listening that I want to highlight that take, like, don't take that minimum three years um, that you do see on roles as golden. Like they, mm. it doesn't always mean that. Obviously look at the skills and if, if it, you know, you do have those and it makes sense. But um, yeah, the job markets, it is, <laughs> it's booming, but it really is. Um, you know, yeah. within, within the co-working space I'm in and it's all full of startups, that's, it's huge. Like they are constantly asking around, um, you know, for people and and actually a really a really cool thing as well like we we hired we got someone a role in a cybersecurity company earlier this year and the role was advertised as part-time and we only really do full-time roles but we you know gave it a go and they actually ended up taking it straight to part full-time instead of part-time so these different kind of advertisements i think just need to be taken with like a pinch of salt sometimes Mm. It's such a good point. I think, um, was it Ange Danny that said, um, another recruiter guest that we had on the show, she said that a lot of the time recruiters are just under the pump and they just literally grab a, a job profile, copy and paste, and then try and put in a few little bits of detail. <laughs> and she goes, you know, don't get caught up too much on the, the year experience thing because a lot of time that they, they, they've literally just gone, oh yeah, quick, that's what we need. Bang, get it out to market. Yeah. So it's such a good point to hear it from you as well to yeah. be like, don't necessarily get caught on those like, Oh, I only have 2.5 years experience. Yeah. I can't apply. So, yeah. yeah. Actually a lot. I'll tell you one of the, I'll tell you something. One <laughs> of the, um, one, one, one of the most important, well, aside from engineering development roles, I'd say, um, sales business development is like rife out there sales development representative roles um those kind of sales consultant positions businesses who are looking to hire are definitely looking for those at a junior level which is like a, i think i probably spoke i harp on about this all the time i think it's such a great place for for someone to start their career but that's been really popular mm. Yeah, that's neat. It's interesting as well. I think like as the big corporations, especially and have cut back over the last, you know, with COVID, because I think when COVID hit, it made everyone just go, okay, we need to get lean. Even if they didn't have to, it kind of yeah. put them in that mindset of like, well, now's a good time. Let's do it. Yeah. But then for every time that happens, there's always a startup starting or there's always a new company that comes onto the scene and they just take off and they disrupt the whole industry and then all these jobs are created. So it's, it's just moving a lot quicker now, isn't it? Yeah. I think um, if you, again, with the networking piece as well, like if you are keeping yourself in the loop and you are interested in particular like industries, say cybersecurity and you, you connect with a few founders you'll suddenly see that they're hiring and when a startup generally is hiring they need someone like yesterday <laughs> so it is really quick so if you've already got yourself ahead of that and you're already like you know chatting with like a recruitment consultant like us and you're already like in the loop before you like say you're coming to the end of your studies and it's good to like engage early and then you're like ready to go mm. with those types of businesses yeah 
Well, listeners, you're hearing it first from one of the experts of developing a reputation and online networking. Um, <laughs> and also it has the best laugh of, of our, one of our podcast guests. Really? Danny, from your perspective, man, um, I'd love to get your view on, you know, when it comes to uni students like applying for, for startups and trying to connect with, with people like Camilla, what, what's some advice and, and insights that you share with, with people when they're trying to connect with recruiters? Um, I guess it's having your, your LinkedIn to a standard where you can, you know, project the best version of yourself and then also having your, your resume and your cover letter and, you know, your interview prep and being confident in all of that. So the groundwork needs to be done. And then I think that helps build your confidence to then reach out to people. And I think you can do it through events. You can do it through face-to-face events, virtual events. Um, you can also do it, I think, through LinkedIn. If you're, um, what's the word, Kimila? Like if some, you know, as a recruiter, you, if someone's reaching out to you, it's kind of, you don't want to bombard everyone with all this information, but, you know, it might just be about connecting first and then approaching a few months later. Yeah. That's what I kind of recommend students, like maybe connect with recruiters and then wait a month and then maybe start engaging with their content if you can and then reach out maybe to ask advice or for any questions or just yeah. for applying for roles with recruiters is another good one too. Yeah. With the um, how to connect, definitely personalising it, but mm. someone actually reached out to me today. He's just coming to the end of his studies and just said, oh, I saw this role on your on your jobs board. I can't start full time yet, but that's exactly the type of position I'm excited about. Um, you know, are you doing any part time or, or casual stuff, which we don't. But I was like, that's awesome. And I immediately went back to him and said, look, let's just have a starter chat. Um, realistically, we can't look at stuff until July, but I have a chat with him and he's there in my mind. And that is the sort of proactivity that stands out yeah that's yeah. awesome and it's doing it in advance i think as well mm. like if you're desperate yeah. for a job next week you don't want to be crushing 20 recruiters on linkedin yeah essentially coming across like you're desperate for a job it's about authentically building that up while you're studying yeah yeah i think that's such that's such a good point too like across the board for anyone like wanting to to transition or wanting to jump into a different industry it's like don't start networking like, you know, a week before you're looking for a new job. It's like an ongoing effort. It's like an ongoing piece of your reputation that, that we can do so easily now with LinkedIn and online. Yeah. Like get, get involved in the conversation. Mm. Yeah, and that's good. That's good advice, isn't it? Like, and you can do that online. You can do that on like Facebook groups. You can do that on LinkedIn groups. You yeah. can do that. Yeah. Many different ways going to um, professional events like networking events that the unis run or that recruiters run or employers run. Yeah. Like, sorry, yeah. you go, Camilla. No, I was literally just going to say, like, go to your careers fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go to your careers fair. Do it. And there's yeah. some really cool, like, vir- like, the virtual game has stepped it up a notch. We're doing one that I'm really excited about that's just, you've got your own, um, I don't know how to say it, like, a, your own, you're a widget. Like it's you yeah, and you're going yeah. to be standing at your booth, <laughs> which is just weird. That's so funny. Um, yeah. 
that just reminded me, Camilla, I'm actually running an event soon. Um, so I might reach out to you off air to get oh, cool. to go involved. Sweet. I'd love that. <laughs> but it is good, isn't it? Because then I think uh, the virtual events are more accessible mm. for students. Yeah. For young people, they're, they're accessible in a way that you can go to maybe a few more. Mm. Than they were face-to-face and... But I still think the face-to-face element's important moving forward. But I think, yeah, the, the virtual ones are awesome. Yeah. Mm. I, I think it was just the back of that. Like, I'd never done a virtual... With these virtual careers fairs, you know, the employee, it's the first time for everyone. And I think the way the booths have worked out is you've just got... It's like a Zoom, you know, and everyone's there. And as a student, no one knows how, who, to, who to... Like, how to start the conversation... So I think if you turn up there with a question in mind, again, that's like, like treat, well, it is a networking exercise, but that's really great. Those mm. are the people who stand out, who've, who've just thought about it before they've entered the space. What are some, what are some good questions that people can ask? Um, I think just relevant, just thinking about their job hunt. Like if you've studied accounting and finance and you pop into our booth where you know, we work with different industries and different roles, just saying, you know, I've maybe I've, I've been looking at traditional avenues, but do you, you know, what, what other industries could you suggest with my skill set? Or, you know, I love communicating with people, but I also really love being analytical. Like, are there any, is there any resources that you'd suggest or, um, you know, types of roles? Have you got any events coming up? What's the best way to, apply um yeah i think just what's on your mind really yeah. mm. again being authentic being you you don't want to ask a question for the sake of asking a question like in life it's like when you're in a big meeting and you're like i've got to say something <laughs> i'm and the then- opposite i'm like stop saying so much <laughs> i'm the guy in the corner i'm just like i'll, I'll just take notes <laughs> i've got the minutes everyone yeah, I'm the one taking toilet breaks. <laughs> I, think with, I think with the networking piece as well, though, you can't bullshit it. So, mm. and like when you, when I think back to what you're saying about curiosity and passion for the industry, it's like if you're going to go there half-assed and try to fake it, you're not going to go very far. Yeah, yeah. You can, it's such a good point. Like you can see through the students who are just doing a degree for the sake of doing a degree, and the ones who are like genuinely passionate about what they're studying. They've yeah. had an interest they've done their research it's funny like i find most most often they're the ones who are the most anxious about getting a role um and it's like exactly what you guys were saying like just allowing them to refocus and go hang on a second like you know my natural curiosity my natural enthusiasm will shine through let that do it's talking if that makes sense yeah yeah mm. i think they're more invested so of course they mm. care more so of yeah. course they're yeah. nervous you know that makes sense yeah but again with that even you know with people who aren't as enthused about their degree because they made that decision a few years back and it wasn't the right choice but decided to stick it out it's it's what you've done alongside that so yeah good call i guess don't like just sit in it Mm. try and find if you can't find the passion within that but you want to get it done it's got get good skills then just try and find other ways to to keep yourself motivated and, and that's when you can actually get more enthusiastic about finding out about all these cool industries and stuff that's out there mm-hmm. that's kind of why i started recruitment because i knew nothing about what was out there business 
wise. And I was like, this is a great way to find out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I can say that openly now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember you sharing that as, um, as a part of your story in the first episode. Like, I, I love that. It's like that notion of going, well, you know, I, I love talking to people and I love, you know, learning. So why not jump into this type yeah. of role? I was talking to my colleague um, that I was doing this again. And she's like, are you going to sing this time? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, I forgot that I said that. I couldn't listen back. So I, um, it's all a blur. <laughs> oh, so good. Well, Camilla, thank you so much for coming on the show again. Um, any final questions from yourself, Danny, or any last points? What's 2021 bring for you? Staying in Australia for a foreseeable yeah. future? I actually have exciting news that I had my visa approved. Awesome. So I've awesome. got, woohoo, got that for um, a few more years. It was a bit um, ropey during COVID, <laughs> a bit concerned. Um, for Give a Grad a Go, we are hopefully looking to hire in the next few months, which is very exciting. And actually, we do always tend to hire with grads. So if anyone's interested to know about recruitment, um, yeah, reach out. Um, on a personal level, I've signed up to my first triathlon. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. It's not actually a full triathlon, so I'm, I, I need to make that clear. It's a sprint triathlon um, in a month. Nice. That's sweet. Yeah, in Brighton. Yeah. Sounds horrible, but good luck with it. <laughs> <laughs> I went for the first time open water swimming. Open water? Yeah. yeah. Is, that's what you call it. Yeah. Um, got up at like, yeah, it was there 6.30 and it was almost terrified. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? I went, had a swimming lesson. Yeah. No, nah, I can't say I'm a big triathlon enthusiast. Um, my mornings generally consist of either a surf or if the surf's no good, a run. So, and maybe a little little paddle in the bay. Nothing major. Paddle's nice. What What's the plans for arriving five this year? Good question, Ty. Good question. Um, look, I think you know Dan and I love our podcast, Camilla. So mm. we're really wanting to to try and get that into more of a, what's the right term? Like a, a chart hitting podcast, if that's, if that's yeah. the right, correct term. Like we just, at least in Melbourne, let's say, or at mm, least in the careers space. Or, yeah, that's it. And I think you know, the, the education careers recruitment space. Yeah. Cause I think um, for us, it's just, we, we just love interviewing people and sharing their career perspectives and trying to package that, you know, for a way that our listeners can, can really, um, yeah, get the most out of. So that's probably our priority and just keep doing programs and, um, yeah, keep, keep doing us really. (laughs) I think it's good. Like we're in, I'm not sure how many schools we're in this year. I don't know the number off the top, but I think last year we stalled obviously because of COVID, but I think this year is starting to look positive just from seeing the inquiries that have come through in, you know, the first few weeks of the, the year so that's good ty mm. you've probably got the how many schools programs have we got lined up so far so we're in uh pretty much going to be in about 40 schools um yeah, this, this this year um and then still like all the major tapes um yeah. and a couple of the unis so yeah but um i think the the big part too is is our online learning modules so We've got a couple of online learning modules going in for um, schools. So like yeah. whole cohorts using them. And 
I'd love to get, or we'd love to get those, those um, accessible for uni students too. But um, I think it's just, again, finding the right type of balance of the product and what they need. Um, Cause they get a lot of that stuff at uni. So yeah, yeah. but the wonderful joys of business. Yeah. I think as well, like with that, like I, I feel like there's a lot of like assumptions with that. Like I, I, when I first came here, I was, it was a lot of, for me, there was assumptions about, you know, careers officers. And like, I think I said before, like they're so amazing here, but there's always room for extra support. There's so many people. Mm. And, yeah. and, and I guess from our perspective as well, like that, that access, um, isn't there like six months on or whatever. Mm. And so it's those kind of people who, who, you know, a year or so into their job hunt and they're like, what do I do support wise? Mm. Mm. One last question, Camilla. I've got one last one too. Uh, all right. The, I oh know, sorry, we're about to run over time. Um, any books, documentaries or videos that you've watched over COVID that got you through lockdowns, so not necessarily like an education perspective. If it is great for me personally, it was my octopus teacher that really, uh, I love that documentary. Watch that. Oh, it, it really brought me to good. tears when the, when I don't want to say what happens, but when the octopus comes close to the end, I got emotional. So <laughs> I absolutely loved it. I'm a big softie for um, animal documentaries, but yeah, was there anything that got you through lockdown that changed your your perspective or anything like that? There are a couple of things. So for me, when I'm quite stressed, I love a bit of trashy TV. Yep. So I got really deep into Below Deck. What is that? Like, <laughs> I'm saying this. Um, it is, and actually I posted about it recently on LinkedIn because I actually got like a good reference from it. Um, it is a reality TV show about the life of yachting. And so you've got these super yachts, people who go on seasons, you've got the super famous or super rich on the yacht. So yeah, unfortunately I figured out that there's like 12 series. So I've actually weaned myself off that, <laughs> but from an educational side and more of like a mental health educational side, the book that absolutely stands out to me is um, Matt, H- Do you know Matt Haig. Um, he's a English author. He wrote a book about his his personal um, experiences with depression. So it's called Reasons to Stay Alive mm. by Matt Haig. Yep. And he's writing this decades on, I think now, I think. Yeah. So he battled with depression really badly. It really knocked him sideways, the story, in his early 20s. Um, came out of nowhere. It's, I've actually got tingles. It's, it's such an incredible book in the way that each, I feel like I'm going to go over, sorry. Each chapter is almost like a different perspective or a different way to explain what it feels like to deal with depression and angles of it. And it's, it's so, it's so beautifully written and it, You've got to get through, if you're going to read it, you must read the whole thing because I recommended it to lots of people throughout COVID and some didn't finish it. And they were like, this is really depressing. (laughs) I'm like, you've got to read the whole thing. And because I read that, I actually then, I've never done this before. I read two of his books straight after. Yeah, wow. um, That were more fiction. One's called Humans and it's about an alien that comes to earth 
and his kind of um, very matter of fact as an alien looking at humans and what we do. And he wrote it actually at the time or very close to after he was depressed and on reflection, he can see the link between that. But um, Was that book good too, Humans? Humans, number two. And, um, and The Midnight Library is his latest book, which is all about, um, again, fiction, but it's looking at the decisions you make in your life and how you you can't regret things like everything is important and it all shapes everything in the wider world. But yeah. Sounds like a deep bloke. Follow him on Instagram. He, if you need to like for the coat, like he's pretty much, I think been keeping the UK humming. Like he's just, <laughs> he's like, it's, it, it's just, it's, yeah, I can't put it into words. <laughs> H-I, Matt Haig. Matt Haig, H-I-H-A-I-G. Awesome. You're insightful. <laughs> Camilla, thank you so much for coming on the show. Your insights are always valuable to our listeners and myself and Dan. How can people reach out and see your updates? Thanks, Tyson and Dan, for having me again. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, you can catch me primarily on the LinkedIn. Yep. <laughs> Um, so connect in a meaningful personal way and um, if you're job hunting we have a jobs board on our website um, and we are constantly building up content a lot of stuff on our YouTube channel um, and our Facebook group Um, so yeah just connect across the socials be proactive and yeah looking forward to hopefully developing more meaningful connections Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Arrive and Thrive podcast, please let us know by sharing it with a connection and leaving a review. We hope that through this podcast, even more people can design a career and life that they love and are proud of. See you soon.